1: Well, good tuesday morning welcome to the bethel baptist bible devotion time this is pastor donnie shumate of the bethel baptist church here in north wilkesboro north carolina I want to welcome you this morning uh to our bible devotion time we've entitled our study a journey through john and what a blessing the gospel of john is it is uh, probably my favorite book in the bible it is a wonderful gospel and of course, I love all the Word of God. All of it is my favorite. And every passage, it has something for us because it shows and points us to Jesus. We're looking today in chapter 11 and we're continuing our study in verse 47 and hopefully trying to get down through verse number 53 this morning. Let's open our Bible. And if you have a copy of God's Word, I want to encourage you, to open up your Bible and read along with me to make sure that what I'm saying is the Word of God. And I want you to do that. And I found that when I open up my Bible and read along as uh, someone else is speaking God's Word, it helps me more to digest that which is being read. Let's look again in the Word of God together this morning Again, John 11. We'll begin reading in verse number 47. We realize that uh, Lazarus had been raised from the tomb. Jesus had performed uh, the greatest miracle, giving life to a dead man who had been dead for four days and buried, wrapped in the grave clothes. Lazarus comes forth. There's two groups of people there in the congregation. There are those who believe upon the Lord and there are those who do not and reject him, how sad that is to types of people, even today, in the hour in which we live, those that believe upon the Lord Jesus, and have received him as their savior, and those who have not, who need to trust the Lord, verse number 47, and we know that that group of unbelievers went and told the things that Jesus did, they reported to the Pharisees, and Sadducees, there in jerusalem the bible says in verse 47 of john 11 then gathered the chief priest and the pharisees a council and said what do we for this man doeth many miracles now that's an interesting thing this was actually an unofficial gathering of the sanhedrin court and that was uh, the Jewish legal system. It was a very powerful and important group of men. It is possible that John the Revelator, the author, the human penman of the Gospel of John, it's possible that John was informed of all of this through maybe perhaps Nicodemus or Joseph of Arimathea, who were also Pharisees, or Nicodemus was for certain, but it could be that there was another who believed upon Jesus that gave John this report. You see, the the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees had shifted in their thoughts about Jesus, going from denying that he is the Christ to wanting to destroy him because of the many miracles that he was doing. It is a very sad story in our Bible. We should look at it and understand it. Even the sad stories have great truths to be revealed. As I look at this sad story in verse number 48, I want you to notice what it says. For if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. You see the underlying uh, application that they're making. They're afraid that Jesus is going to take their ministry away from them. And they have the wrong attitude altogether. They were were afraid that all men will believe on him. And then they said this, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. You see, their worry was simply this, that if Jesus was allowed to continue, that the whole nation would believe on him. They would receive him as Messiah. And how sad a revelation this is, that they were afraid that that would bring the, the, the wrath of the Roman government, if you will. Verse number 48, again, notice this. All men, he said, if we, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away, number one, our place and our nation. And as we look at that, there's two important things that I want to draw your attention to. First of all, they said, our place. Well, that was a selfish decree. And what that meant was, it actually meant the temple and all the things that pertained to the temple there in Jerusalem, their religious system, if you will. In Acts 6, verse 13 and 14, the Bible says this, and set up false witnesses, which said, "This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law; for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. in other words, they were using a falsehood to accuse Jesus of destroying the temple." And the law. Jesus did not come to destroy, but my friends, he came to fulfill the law in every way. And what they were speaking of in Acts chapter six is recorded in John two and verse eighteen down through twenty one. and And I'm going to read those verses just to remind us of what they were accusing Jesus of. The Bible says in verse eighteen of John two. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us? seeing that thou doest these things. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou tear it or rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body, and they did not understand that. And so it was that that was what they were talking about. And later, Jesus prophesies about the coming destruction of the temple, which we know happened in 70 A.D. The the temple was destroyed. Luke 21, verse 5 and 6 says, And as some spake of the temple was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said... As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So in verse number 49, we're going to move on from this thought. But as I'm thinking about it, that's what they were accusing Jesus of is destroying the temple and their religious way of life. They were jealous. They didn't want to have anything to do with him, they knew he was God's son. They knew he was Messiah. They knew that in their heart, but they denied him who he was and they did not want to accept him. Verse number 49, if you'll notice in your Bible in John 11, and one of them named Caiaphas being the high priest that same year. Now, I'm going to stop right there for just a moment and I want to just give you a little thought about the high priest it's probable that the office of the high priest at the beginning when it was first initiated by aaron and his sons it probably was for a lifetime but we know as long as the high priest didn't do anything to disgrace that office that they remained in the office of high priest but during solomon's reign Abiathar the priest was removed as high priest. And as time went forward, kings of Judea as well as conquerors removed the high priest at their will. And by the time of the Roman occupation, the office of high priest was not a very long-term appointment. According to Jewish history, Caiaphas was the high priest for a length of 10 years. And as I study this and I read that verse in verse 49, and one of them named Caiaphas being the high priest that same year. Now it doesn't say that he was removed within one year, but it's talking about the same year. What does that mean? Well, it actually, I think, is talking and is likely referring to the year that Jesus died. So Caiaphas was the high priest during the time of Jesus' crucifixion on the cross. But I want you to notice in verse 49, it's interesting as we read these verses and following, and let's read it again, verse 49, And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. And that the whole nation perish not. The word it, it's it is expedient. It means it's profitable for them that one man die for the whole nation. Caiaphas was likely thinking in his mind that Jesus was promoting sedition and was exposing the nation. And if he was allowed to continue, he would bring down the wrath of the Romans upon the nation. And so that was his thinking. If Jesus was put to death, he supposed that the people and the nation then would be safe. Yet out of Caiaphas' own mouth, a great truth was spoken, which he didn't understand as he was speaking. He was thinking one way, And God was using him to speak another way. And that's an interesting thought. God can speak however he chooses to do. Notice this in verse 51. The Bible says, And this spake he not of himself, But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And Jesus did die for the nation. And not only did he do that, but in verse 52, and not only for that nation, not only for Israel, the Jews, but also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. And then from that day forth, verse 53, they took counsel together for to put him to death. You see, they formatted their plan in their mind that they were going to put Christ to death. And they did it out of jealousy, out of spite, and they knew who he was, and yet they wanted him dead. They wanted rid of him. They did not accept him as Messiah, knowing that he was Messiah. And yet here out of the mouth of the high priest, he prophesies about how Jesus is going to die for the nation. That day, the majority of the council agreed to put Jesus Christ to death. It became their number one plan and their number one priority to put the Lord Jesus Christ, the innocent Son of the living God, to death. That Now, their focus would only be on how to put Jesus to death without causing An uproar of the people which would bring in the wrath of the Romans again as well. And we'll continue in our study, uh, Lord willing, tomorrow morning. We're going to pick back up right here and continue our study. Hope and pray that we've learned a little today about the method that the Sanhedrin, the plan, the plot that they had and why they wanted Jesus dead and gone. And I'm glad, thank God, it was God's plan for him to die. Not only for the nation of Israel, but for those children of God scattered abroad. That's you and I as well. We should rejoice today that God's plan of salvation was through the shedding of blood, the remissions of sin, one holy lamb, Jesus Christ, the King of glory, who died for you and he died for me. We should rejoice in that today. Even though the devil had a plan to destroy and to kill, God had a greater plan and it was to bring eternal life may god bless you today we appreciate you and lord willing we'll see you in the morning 8 30 a.m for another bethel baptist bible devotion time till then pastor donnie bidding you a great day god bless you I was.
0: Lost. Child, I know you're sorry for all that you have done. Just breathe.